0: This is the Catars Podcast, Food for the Journey. Season 5, Episode 9 Embrace Paradox. Hi, I'm Michael, and welcome back to the Catars Podcast. So, I hope you've been enjoying us looking at my new book, Loving Leadership and the different principles and guidelines that make up the framework, the six elements. And we're going to carry on today with the third one out of six. Before we do, I'd like to say a massive thank you to our sponsor for the Catalyst podcast, the Masterclass Sessions. If you click on the link in the show notes, you can book yourself on the next Masterclass Session. Some of the best people in the world are what they do, and they give Masterclasses, and you can go online and watch them, and watch recordings. And if you send a quick message to michael at catalyst.co.uk, Or just comment on social media, something you've enjoyed from today's episode or from this season, you'll be entered into a draw and every month you get a chance to win a year's worth of free year subscription to the mascot sessions, as well as getting to watch all the material that's been previously recorded. So check it out. And while you're there, if you'd like to order my new book, Loving Leadership, it's the best thing I've written so far. I'd highly recommend it. And we got our first five-star review recently. Um, Victoria Reynoldson wrote our first five-star review. So thank you very much, Victoria. It's much appreciated. So, so far, we've been looking at the first couple chapters of my new book, Loving Leadership, and we're going through all six chapters. And what we're doing in these podcasts, we're looking at each chapter and each topic. And each chapter brings a guiding principle for how to be a loving leader. And today's is all about embracing paradoxes so if you've never read the book don't worry we're not going to spoil there's no spoilers i'm not going to cover any material from the book what i'm trying to do is to enhance it and give supplementary kind of commentary and some new ideas and some extra bits so even if you have read it you'll find something new for you so chapter three is all about embracing paradox and in the book i mention a well-known example of a thought experiment that's a paradox. But I mainly mention my own lived experience of why and how I was kind of almost forced to embrace the kind of paradoxical nature that the worst things can be the best things. You know, that Dickens one, that was the best of times, it was the worst of times. And when I was writing the book, I really reflected on this as an important element of our leadership. Because your leadership, my leadership, our leadership needs to have depth. It can't be shallow. It can't be just you know a bunch of top tips or the latest fashionable strategy or something that you see a ceo using in a company that's doing really well it'll just fall apart because a lot of what we do is very contextual meaning it depends on certain times certain people certain needs especially in business and they can just change overnight and something that was working really well doesn't work now if you've got depth to what you do if you've got a deep reserve a deep well to draw from on your inner self then you're fine but if it's kind of shallow and you're not really sure of what to do then you'd be set up for failure and I don't want you to be set up for failure I want to help you so I'll give you an example of the way I think about it my dad taught me this so if you're delivering a training session or you're teaching somebody anything the subject that you're talking about you need to know 10 times as much as you're covering minimum for that session because otherwise somebody might ask you a question and you don't have the depth of knowledge to be able to respond to them. Now I thought it was an excellent way of thinking about having depth and understanding to what we do. So if you embrace paradox and you kind of take this idea and run with it, make it part of your leadership, what this will do, this will hopefully add another layer of depth to your leadership where you'll be able to entertain in your thinking and lived experience some very contradictory difficult things these are no easy answers with this one but it it will really help you to be able to find solutions and to come up with answers that are really well thought out they're not just kind of shallow knee-jerk thinking so let's get into it let's make it as fun as we can so what is a paradox i mean you can google this you can look at all sorts of different definitions you may have your own definition of what a paradox is you think oh that's something really confusing it's to do with two things well a main kind of one that a lot of people agree on is it's a statement where it's against common sense it's something that is seemingly true but it's seemingly not true it might be two contradictory things that kind of contradict each other and yet they they contain an element of truth so one of the most famous ones is this statement is false if you think about what's being said there well if the statement is false it can't be true but if it's true then it makes no sense it's so it's a way where you get, you think, oh, I'm so confused already, right? So I'm gonna try not to confuse you. But paradoxes and people using paradoxes to grow thinking, philosophers, ancient Greece, they've been around for thousands of years. And I want you to try and think of paradoxes and thinking about them. It's not about finding a solution. That's not what a paradox is. It's not about coming up with the answer. It's, it's not a linear equation. It's, I would use it as a way of growing your ability to think growing in two ways if you embrace paradox in your lived experience meaning your daily life and you also embrace it in your thinking uh, from my own anecdotal personal experience and those of my clients it really helps like I said before to add the depth where you're not thinking that one thing is definitely something oh it's definitely this I'm sure you're a bit more open you're a bit more like hmm there could be some different things going on here and I might be totally wrong about this and that's okay and it adds some real depth to it But one of my favourite examples of paradoxes is uh, in the film Back to the Future. If you've not watched Back to the Future, it's such a good film. It's about an American young guy and he lives in 1985 and he travels back to the 1950s and he meets his own parents and gets involved in his own parents' meeting and kind of disrupts the whole timeline. And if you're a big fan of multiple timelines and Marvel and the MCU sagas and all these things, this thing was doing it 40 years ago. And it's very paradoxical because think about it. If he if his mum and dad never fall in love, and never get married and, and never have children, he can't be born. So he can't really mess that up, but he does mess it up, and how can he find a way back? So it's just a bit of fun. But the whole um kind of premise of all three films really is that paradoxical thing of don't mess with time because certain things shouldn't be changed. And if they get changed, can you find a way back? Can they be improved? Are they the same? It's a bit of fun. So if you want the first place to go explore some paradox in a way that won't confuse you too much just check out the back to the future films the way that I would suggest and that I write about embracing paradox it's about a way of being open it's about being open to two things as maybe both are true or maybe both are related or maybe the answer or whatever the answer is contains both not one or the other so if you look at death and life if you look at sickness and health think about when you've been ill And then when you've recovered and you feel better, don't you feel so much better because you appreciate and remember how bad you felt? Or have you ever had a loved one die or a family member and you miss them? But you also have an appreciation for life that's so much sharper and clearer. It's not particularly nice, but you have an awareness. Your awareness has grown. Well, that's happened kind of what I would call paradoxically. Because of death, you're more embracing life more aware of life because of sickness and you know sickness is a thing um, you're more appreciative of your health if you look at all the major world religions the ones that have any sense have made have said this message that life is beautiful and a wonderful thing and yet paradoxically it involves a lot of suffering <laughs> a lot of pain it's not one or the other uh, I'm a huge fan and stu- student I guess and study um, buddhism and is one of the noble truths they talk about you know living involves suffering all the time and if you take someone like machi ricard or the dalai lama and all, all sorts of examples of buddhist monks they're so happy but they're not ignorant of the suffering of the world it's because they are aware of it and they're okay with it and they have a depth of presence of mind and of peace of mind that can include both both seeming contradictions well how can you be happy if so many people are sad They're coming at it from a deeper place that accepts both as being possible at the same time, you know. It's like today, somebody's going to be really sad today, but somebody's also got to be really happy today. And if our thinking can't handle that, then that's what I would call shallow thinking. If our thinking and our feeling and our love is deep and we can think, all right, well, yeah, I guess both can be true at the same time. Someone can be sad and somebody else can be happy at the same time. That's really where I'm going with this. So if you want a book recommendation, now this is a challenge. I found this massively challenging, but also very helpful. There's a book called Seeds of Contemplation by Thomas Merton. So Thomas Merton was a Christian monk and a contemplative. And he, for example, he says things like, if you want to find yourself, you need to lose yourself. <laughs> now, if you're thinking, that's not for me, I can't handle something like that. It's a bit too much for my brain. Fair enough. Well, you might think, no, I like that. That's just just up my street, I love that. So check out Thomas Merton. I've been engaged with material and I found it very, very helpful because what he's doing is, again, he's picking away these shallow layers of what we think we understand life as and going, there's more going on here. Be open to it. It's not good or bad, hot and cold, left, or right, self or other. It's all interconnected and it's much more than you think it is. And I like that. I like people who can show me where I'm ignorant Because again, paradoxically, paradoxically by doing that and being aware of your ignorance, you move forward in your learning and your awareness. They're always related. So if you want a challenge with that, check out Thomas Merton. If you want something a bit easier, (laughs) maybe watch Back to the Future. I want to give you some ideas for how you can actually embrace this depth, this paradox, this seeming ability to be like, all right, this is really good, or it could also be bad as well. And I'm okay with that, right? So how do you actually do that? Well, here's the first example. Think of your favorite film. So I've mentioned one of mine, or it could be a book or it could be a story. Can you see how the story needs both good and bad characters? If everything is great, or equally, if everything is terrible, there's no drama there, there's no tension there, there's no progression there, there's no hero or heroine's journey. There's no reason for it. and that's one of the reasons why I stopped watching soap operas. In England, we call them soap operas, and they're just so depressing because I thought, why can't they be happier? And then I realised, because if everything was great all the time, there's no need for the programme. So that's why I stopped watching it because I found it a bit depressing. If you take an example like Star Wars, right? Star Wars needs Darth Vader. It needs the dark side of the Force because if there isn't the dark side, what's the point of the Jedi? There's no point. And then you get in some really interesting moral conundrums, don't you, about, well, should you kill the bad guy or the, the bad girl? Should you do that? Should you let them go? Well, we're not talking about that today. But isn't it often the case that the bad guy is more interesting? I mean, I love Darth Vader. I think he's amazing. So can you see how for the necessary flow of the story, you need both good and bad, right? Well, that's the paradox of a story. You need that. If you didn't have the good, you wouldn't have the bad. If you didn't have the bad, you wouldn't have the good. Another way to think about it, and this is quite a poignant example that I always use when I'm talking to people and trying to help them to see paradox in this way as, as a part of just your lived experience rather than just a brain teaser, is I say, well, are you a parent? And a lot of people are. And they say, yeah. I say, well, do you love your child or your children? I say, of course I do. So think about you, right? If you're a parent, you love your children. And hopefully you're saying, yeah, yeah. And... I say, are they a source of great joy and happiness in your life? And they say, well, most of the time, well, yeah, of course they are. I said, great, that's amazing. I said, well, God forbid, what if something really bad happened to them? And again, it's just a thought experiment, right? And they said, well, that'd be awful, wouldn't it? And if, you know, something really bad happened, well, it'd be the worst day of my life. I said, okay. Now, you have to be careful when I do that, obviously, and I say it's, it's totally made up. The point is, that child, then, is a walking paradox. They are... The best of you, your love in your human form, you love this child, everything. But if something happened to them, it'd be the worst day of your life. So they could cause you inadvertently the worst suffering. Can you see that that paradox, the good and the bad? That's why you get a lot of these parents and they try and overprotect children because they don't want bad things to happen to them. It's understandable. It's totally understandable. I'm not saying you have to change your parenting style. I'm just saying I'm not a parent, but as an uncle and as a brother as a son, it's the same thing with all my loved ones. My dog Kochi, you know about my dog, I I talk about him all the time. I love him to bits. Something happened to him. We were out walking the other week and he stood on something. He leapt, gave this awful yelp. And I was like, oh no. And he presented his paw to me and I ran over and I said, what is it, what is it, what is it? And he was okay. But in those moments, those minutes, I was a mess, straight away. And that's the paradox. This dog has my love, but it makes me vulnerable, right? It it makes me susceptible to hurt. And I've embraced that, he's worth suffering for, it's fine. But if I couldn't handle that, if I thought, oh no, it's really bad and now I think the dog's really bad or he made me hurt myself or whatever. No, I know he's both and that's fine. A third way to do it is to let go of what's called dualistic thinking. Something's either completely good or bad. Maybe involves both. So you know, again, you think, well, what does that mean? Have you ever had a person you think they're absolutely awful and then they do something really good and you think that's out of character? What's in it for them, yeah? Or you have a person you think's absolutely amazing and they do something awful and you think, well, um, I'm sure they uh, didn't mean to do it and they did. Because our concept, your concept of that person, how you think about them isn't deep enough meaning if they're really bad, you can't conceptualise the fact that they might do good stuff and vice versa. So that's really helped me in understanding people. People aren't all good or all bad for me. I don't see them as that. I see them as paradoxical. They could be amazing or terrible. Amazing or terrible, or both. Terrible people do great things and vice versa. So another example of that is COVID, right? Now, again, depending on your situation, how you've experienced the COVID pandemic of last few years, I'm sure some of it's been horrendous. Some of it's been brilliant. And again, I I personally, I needed that depth of the paradox kind of notion in my thinking, otherwise I wouldn't have been able to handle COVID. You know, how can I handle it if I'm thinking things are great and I'm growing my business and then one of my friends dies, which he did? I can't handle that if my concept is not deep enough to handle that. You see what I'm saying? So now when I think of COVID, I think it can be all things, terrible and brilliant, and I'm okay with that because it means I don't put the limits on it. You know, I can't say to somebody, well, your experience is different to mine. I can't handle that. I can handle, well, or I'm open to trying to understand everybody's experience with COVID. It's a paradox. It's been one of the best things in the world for technology and bringing people together. And also some of the worst in the suffering it's caused, me included. So the the fourth one, and I really like this one, is being open to changing how you're looking at something. Right. So look at failure and success. You see all these things all the time. Failure is part of success, and all this—it's true, though. If we take it looking through the lens of this paradox today, it is: failure needs success, and success needs failure. If you were playing a game of—I don't know—American football, and nobody won, or every time you got a point, it didn't count, you're playing a long game (laughs) that's never going to end. Right? There needs to be a winner. There needs to be a loser. Isn't it often when you draw a game, you think it wasn't great? So failure needs success. And success needs failure. One of my favourite ever motivational speakers, Greg Plitt said, life is not a marathon of just ups. You don't get to just have success, success, success. You look at any person you admire or even yourself. We can't expect continual success, can we? There will always be failure. But the point is, that's fine. No problem. You need them both. Embrace them both. Have them both in your own mind is like, that's fine. I've got the depth of character to handle that because then when a failure comes you think alright it's fine it's not my favourite thing but it's part of success and there's my success well don't get carried away because there'll be failures to come it really helps me to to improve my ability to learn and the last one which I think is is lovely is as I've grown my loving kindness and my love and the the well from which this all comes where the book came from my love for people my love for you I just wrote this today love is where all paradoxes live and can make sense <laughs> think of all the people you know that just walk in contradictions and all the things they all kind of make sense sometimes through and in love so if you have a, you know if you're religious or spiritual think of your concept of god there's an example where love and paradox kind of exist think about the fact that there's life well, there could have been nothing, and all the crazy things in the universe that don't make sense, and yet here they are. Look at a couple episodes ago, we are talking about quantum mechanics, and in quantum theory when they say about, you know, something can be one place and linked to something else, it's completely paradoxical, and yet it all makes sense if we have the, the depth of our concept of love, that it can make sense somewhere, somehow, and I make the point that it all makes sense in love. In love we are all accepted with all our imperfections and all our paradoxes and all our little bits that we haven't quite figured out. We don't need to. That's the point I'm making today. We don't need to have it figured out. That's not the point of a paradox, especially these thought experiments. You know, some people are pretty clever. They figured that out thousands of years ago. It's not about trying to figure it out and get the answer and go, it's this, you know. It's more about being open to all of them and knowing that they all add up to something greater that we're kind of pointing at. So, I'm a big fan of Rumi the poet, 14th century poet, and in his poem, The Guest House, he summed it up better than I could. He says, be grateful for whatever comes, because each has been sent as a guide from beyond. I think that sums it up really well. So be open to paradox, can teach us all sorts, and in doing so, know that somewhere, somehow, it all makes sense in the love that we share. So I hope today's been helpful for you and kind of blagging your head a little bit, <laughs> or helping you to be open to some deeper things that can all help add some depth to your leadership through love. And just take one of them today, Watch Back to the Future, <laughs> check out Thomas Merton, maybe rethink that person you think's just a horrible person, maybe a bit open to changing your mind. And just try something out and see if it helps, see if it helps. And even if you don't, just know that right now, just as you are, somebody loves you very, very much. Okay, take care. And speak soon. Today's random positive fact, I love this one. Stanford University did a study, and in it they got people uh, exposed to pain, and then they tried to distract them with a word problem, like a puzzle, uh, or nothing, or a picture of a loved one. Guess which one managed by 40% to reduce the amount of pain that the person was feeling looking at the picture of a loved one. So even if you're looking at a picture of your loved one, if you're in a bit of pain today, it can help. Give it a try.